and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Davis. And Ninja Mahoney. What was that? It was, it was, uh, that's how you say my name in Japanese. You're so strange. Mm. But we actually wanted to first things first say a massive, massive thank you to you guys who are our listeners because something very special happened to the Not So Fit Couple podcast and it's the first time it's happened. We were at number one in the fitness charts. Yes. That is honestly incredible and it is all thanks to you guys. I think it's good for us because we only release one episode per week so most of the podcasts will do a couple more. So it just goes to show that we have a very loyal fan base who listens to the podcast. So again, a massive thank you. And off the back of that, if you guys can continue or if you haven't yet done so, please leave a review Yeah, and make sure that you subscribe to both the podcast on iTunes uh, or Spotify and then on the YouTube as well. I've noticed a lot of people recently will listen to it like first before they go out and then they'll watch it on the YouTube channel because they like to see interaction and body language and wherever else props we've got on the set. So if you haven't jumped over on the YouTube channel, go over and check it out. You might even prefer watching podcasts. I actually watch a lot of my podcasts now as well. I'll usually bang it on the TV and whilst I'm eating something, I'll just watch the podcast. I think as well, it's we're quite, when we actually do the podcast, we, we talk with our hands quite a lot. And yeah. because we always have so many props, it actually is really nice for people to watch what we're doing and sometimes what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just honestly, we've had the podcast for what? Like four, no, three and so a half. fourth season. Three and, a, three and a half years. Yeah. Or something like that. So it is it is like a passion project for us. And also, we've got to give a big thank you to uh, Mr. Cal sat oh, over there. The producer of the podcast. His, uh, yeah yeah no seriously so thank you so much guys and we really appreciate every single one of you yeah we are going to continue the growth of the podcast we are looking to do the not so fickable event hopefully at the end of this year fingers crossed where we're gonna have um all you guys down hopefully we'll release more information on that and obviously some more epic guests as well as we go through yeah because we with that as well what's so funny with the podcast it's so worldwide and it's obviously spread across the uk for the listeners and we have like a lot of london listeners but then it's like oh do we do the podcast up north mm-hmm. or do we do it down south we're gonna have to think of a bit of a, a bit of a strategic decision but i feel like people might travel mm-hmm. people might travel to see us so question keep a straight face yeah oh okay is it a joke yeah <laughs> okay it's not going down well already. Is it? <laughs> no, I was just—I was getting it all out of my system. Okay, is it a, a funny joke? Well, I fucking hope so. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Ready? Mm-hmm. What do a Rubik's cube and a penis have in common? <laughs> um, a Rubik's. You don't have to cube. answer. It's a—it's a rhetorical question. Oh, what we've do, already laughed. What do a Rubik's cube and a penis have in common? The more you play with it, the harder it gets. <laughs> That's not necessarily true, though, for a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> Why isn't it true for a Rubik's Cube? Because surely as you go along, it's supposed to get easier. <laughs> That's a really good joke. I just leave it to... It's like a, re- it's a very rude joke, but it's like, that is actually very funny. Yeah. That's probably one of the first like rude jokes you've told that I've actually laughed at, except the tofu one. I can't remember what the tofu one was. But no, there's some belters and you they just fly over your head. That's why. No, because I was more so thinking about how to answer the question. It was a, that's a great joke. I don't have a joke for you today. Okay. But that was... That's that, fine. That was okay. Thank you. This, um, this episode is also sponsored by Coro. Massive thank you to them. As you may have been listening... Look at, this, look at the state of the pot, by the way. Lucy's been away I've to London. I've not been here. Lucy's been away to London since Friday. I, this weekend, just demolished them. But, like I said in the last episode, I bought this padlock. 
Obviously, Lucy left the fucking padlock off the cupboard at the weekend. No, can I can I explain why? No, just let me finish. <laughs> this was left off the cupboard at the weekend. So obviously, this was if if people can see this um, is the cookie clusters. This was I'd say at least half full. And more than that, Ben. More than half full. I think you've had more than half. Um, then we've and got the these. Are my first, these are basically um, Maltese on trend. They are the nicest thing I've ever tasted in my life. The reason why these have gone so low as well is because I was just dipping into the cupboard, taking them out, and then like... So th this is the issue. I don't even get a chance to eat anything because Ben just absolutely devours it. But can I explain the padlock? So I've put the code in. So you wouldn't actually be able to get into it. I opened it. I set up the whole thing. Mm -hmm. the, the back bit, because it's so thick, it doesn't fit through the handle on the cupboard and I was thinking, oh, I'll go and get some string. Uh, you're just gonna cut the string. So to, I did, so I just left fair, it off. I've That's got, I've why. Got, I've got bulk cutters in the garage anyway, so I probably would've used those. That's just ridiculous. The, the reason why. But that is why I didn't The like reason it. why there's more of these ones left is because these ones have got actual coffee beans in. Yeah. So if I was to go through a quarter of these, I wouldn't sleep for a week. Well, you were having those at 9 p.m. And I said, I think you should probably have the other ones because you're going to be wired off caffeine. Mm -hmm. But even, Cal, I don't think you're a massive coffee fan, are you? Uh, I dabble. He dabbles in dabbles but in flat white. The Cal like these as well. And I think even if you're not a massive coffee fan, these chocolate-covered coffee bean ones actually taste great. Yeah. And do you know what's so great with Coro as well? Since we have worked with Coro in the podcast, so many people have got the bits from Coro that we've we've suggested and they've got other things. Yeah. And they have been exactly the same, being like, you can't stop eating them because they're so, so like, they're so tasty, but it's kind of like nourishing. Yeah. As in like, I don't have like ridiculous amounts and I, I can have one or two, but yeah, you do have a an extortion amount because they actually do taste so good. But we do have a discount code for everyone. So that's also why people have so been five, getting them. Not so fit five, yeah. Not so fit five. Is there a link below for that for people? There will be a link in the descriptions and in the podcast descriptions as well, yeah. I also just had another point to make. And it's actually about the hybrid half program that Shoot. is coming to the My Coach School. So the My Coach School is a really, really strong community. And we we bring out programs onto the app for you guys. And they're from beginner all the way to like advanced programs, a different variety. And because myself and Ben have been doing quite a lot of running, especially I've got <laughs> six weeks to my 100K, I have actually bought out a hybrid half program. It will release a couple of days after this podcast goes live, I think. So it releases on the 6th of June onto the app. And the main focus is to progress to running a half marathon whilst maintaining muscle and strength, which I think a lot of people get confused about. Like we've done whole podcasts on this topic where people have been like, how the hell do you juggle both? So that is exactly why this program has been created. And I'll get Cal to drop the link below in terms of how you can get 21% discount. 21, okay, 21% discount. Clever very clever so you'll get 21 percent off the first month of your program so that launches really really soon the inter interest in this program is literally fucking insane i can't even explain but yeah i'll leave that below i'm very very excited for that program yeah that releases just before well not not long after the summer challenge releases after that but i'm releasing a new program on the micro school which is going to be called the nine to five trainer kind of opposite yeah, I've put a lot of work into this program in respect to resolving people's problems. So the whole program, the premise of the program is set up around the issues that people who work nine to five run into when they are trying to adhere to a, a training program. A lot of those being 
either going really early, early on in the morning or having to train late on at night and the gym being super busy so they can't get on the kit that is within the program. So a lot of the program that is being set, I've chose exercise that would potentially be deemed more unusual to start with during a workout program based on the fact that they're going to be able to get them done because what is optimal is going to be going in and getting the exercise done versus not going. The other thing is going to be the workouts will not be any longer than 45 minutes long. So a lot of the sets, you're going to be doing more sets on less exercises so that you can get on a piece of kit, get the sets done, then go on to the next one. It's going to require minimal setup of certain exercises and there is going to be variation through the program because although we talk about progressive overload a lot and it's very important to gym goers who are going to be in more regularly and who are potentially more advanced there's no point in just focusing on progressive overload if people are getting bored and not going to the gym so we create a bit of variance through exercise selection and as people's confidence builds up over the 12 weeks as we get later into the program there's going to be more exercises that are kind of a bit more challenging I think as well, one thing that you actually will be doing in this program without even realizing is helping those people who suffer quite badly from gym anxiety. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes when you go to a busy gym or you go to a new gym, you feel really overwhelmed when you're following a program or a set workout and you categorically just can't get on the kit that you want to get on. Mm-hmm. And it's really stressful because you can't think in your head what else to do. I mean, we think of different things to do because we've set programs and know how to write our own workouts. But people who are following a set program and not being able to go on a piece of equipment, that is going to be so helpful to be on a piece of kit for longer. And then is that in terms of not necessarily doing like barbell work first all the time because always barbells are taken? Yeah, so I've I've, I've obviously like, I know my due diligence, I've been in the gym before and looked especially even the way that they split the program. So a lot of people do the guys chest on Mondays. So we've moved a lot of the days around to not be so stereotypical within a training program so that you will be training muscle groups on days where it's not as common as well. So that everything's been changed (laughs) to set up so that you can go in the gym, get the workout done, not be stressed, not be anxious looking around for kit and get your sets and reps done and get in and out in 45 minutes because... We don't want you to be in the gym for ages. We want you to get home. We understand that you've been working long days. You may have family, kids, friends, other responsibilities to deal with once you're home for the nine to five. So it's just setting you up to be more lifestyle driven because at the end of the day, if we can get you in to do something, it's better than you being overwhelmed by a program and not doing anything at all. I think that's good as well because you're kind of basing it off people actually going after work because mm-hmm. you can say to people, oh, get up two hours earlier, get up at 5am. Some people generally don't want to get up at 5am and go to the gym or they want more sleep or they struggle going. Do you know what I mean? It's not always an option yeah. for people. So the fact you've created a program to do it more so after and tailoring it to that is just mm-hmm. chef's kiss. Should we dive in? Well, this week's episode is going to be, pardon me, uh, some questions that was fired in last week. Mm. So uh, should we do the rock, paper, scissors, the sugars first? We need to, I don't know, we do it at the same How time. How do first? We need to, <laughs> ready. So uh, we're going on rock, go, by paper, the way. Rock, paper, scissors, go. Yeah. Okay, so one, two, three, go. Mm-hmm. One, one, two, three. Yes. No. Okay. Ask my question first. <laughs> okay. Go on. So um, 
I think obviously as well, a lot of people really enjoyed the episode that we did last week. So the question off the back of last week's episode, which was the, the therapy one. Uh, saw your last podcast on relationships in your eyes. How would you know when to call it a day and when you're just surviving, not thriving anymore? Ooh. So to do with relationship advice that was came off the back of, of last week's. So I think one of the big things for me, so I'll base this off a previous relationship before mm-hmm. meeting you, for example. Well, I just I can't compare it to this one because this is the relationship. This is the capital the 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 relationship. I personally think when you start to feel unhappy in yourself as an individual, as in when you're around your partner and you don't actually feel like any joy, you don't feel that happy. It's not and also that's not saying you're depressed. It's more so just you're not getting a lot of joy from your relationship because I think happiness in a relationship is one of the most important things mm-hmm. and being able to do things together and be happy and smiley and laughing is one of the key elements to me of a relationship and i know we spoke so much about in the the therapy the love therapy podcast about communication and i do absolutely think that's essential and when you become unhappier in a relationship but become unhappier in yourself your communication starts to break down because you become quite short with the other person. I think that if you feel that in yourself, that's when you know, I don't think you should be with that person anymore. Mm-hmm. As in, you're probably kind of wasting your time being with that person. I think I think it's a difficult one sometimes, isn't it? Because people talk about, you have to work on things, you have to work on relationships, but then that ultimately does have to be a part where, okay, enough's enough. I think we discussed that briefly on the We discussed the it podcast. quite a lot, I think. Um, the other day with with Sarah, but I think one of the big things that comes into question for me, and this is something that I spoke about on today's email. If anyone who's on my email list, um, it's about the some some cost fallacy. Mm-hmm. And this is basically the some cost fallacy is when you are reluctant to abandon a strategy or a course of action because you've invested heavily into it, whether that be time, financially, energy, and that they abandon of it would be more beneficial okay yeah but we we some cost fallacy applies to a lot of other stuff not just relationships so in relationships what people do is they've been in a relationship that at first was great and then they start to realize things that they don't like and it becomes for some people stale it can become more like a friendship than than a relationship and that can be a tough one because you're still on good ground it's just not on a romantic grounds anymore i think that for some people is even more difficult to tear away from because there's, there's not anything particularly bad that you can recall on that is worthy of part and ways mm. i think that makes it more difficult and so people continue to pour more time and energy into something that isn't serving them or isn't beneficial to them anymore or isn't giving them any more happiness or there could be some the grass might be greener on the other side which is sometimes difficult to imagine and that's where we're then left with two options one to continue with the easy wrong instead of the hard right, i.e. pour more of yourself into something that isn't working. Or two, you rip off the plaster, feel the immediate sting and hurt, and then start fresh. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people usually go with option one just because it doesn't require you to change anything. It doesn't require you to be uncomfortable. You just carry along at that same old pace, rolling along and bumbling with what you're doing. And I think that's what a lot of people end up doing and just end up in relationships and realize when like 40 that 
I'm just with someone for this for the sake of it now because I couldn't make a tough decision to split something off that wasn't right for me. Yeah, and it is really hard, as in breakups, relationships, and things like that are difficult. And obviously, if we speak from a perspective now where we're in like a really happy relationship, like we just got engaged, hoping to get married, and and things like that, but it doesn't mean we've not experienced that in the past. Yeah, but even in all relationships now, I don't think there's anything such thing as a perfect relationship. And I want oh, no. people to realize that we still have arguments, we still have shit that goes mm. on. There's, there's always things in relationships that like a part of relationships. And I don't want people to think that because they see other people's relationships on Instagram. It's just like a highlight reel of this perfect golden world when part of being in a relationship is overcoming things together and working on problems and doing things that help you progress not just burying things because you think other people don't have problems to deal with well sarah said that really well didn't she she was like a perfect relationship doesn't exist and she'd be worried that someone would class their relationship as completely perfect because Mm -hmm. there would be imperfections in there that the people aren't bringing to the service and then just they're just burying them like I think we have a wonderful relationship, but of course you're going to have disagreements. Mm. You can't agree on every single aspect of life, like no matter what it is. But then there's obviously a point where it would push past that for some people. And I think Sarah said like if you're arguing three or four times a week, like very like passionate, not very good arguments, mm. that's when she suggested to go and speak to someone. And then that could be a red flag, X, yeah. Y, and Z. But it is obviously personal to every individual, like you said, whether people choose to go to couples therapy and work through things themselves or they do just break up and whatever they choose to do. <laughs> That's the one thing she gets saying. She's like, it's so it's very personal to each individual, but, and then she would give a really good suggestion. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing with people who are experienced with anything and people who usually get the right answers will usually start with if. Yeah. It's it, it always, you can never really give a direct answer when you're dealing with things like that because there's no, you aren't dealing with absolutes. And that's why it's difficult. It's easier said than done to say, just rip off the plaster and start again. Because as human beings, when we look at time and energy spent on something, we can't see past that. Mm. Whereas kids and animals, they look for the immediate return. So they go and look at what's in front of them and go, okay, I'm not really getting anything from that. So I'll fuck it off. Yeah. Kids' mindsets are brilliant, aren't they? They're so creative. Yeah, exactly. And we do this with other stuff as well, though. I was trying to think of a situation. Like, I bought... I'm sure sure there's probably probably plenty of women who relate to this. I spent money on shoes before, and even though they rubbed the death out of my feet, if I spent, like, 100 quid on a pair of shoes, I'm just going to fucking wear them anyway, even if I end up with my blisters all over my feet and... And with bunions when I'm like 60. I don't care. I fucking spent 100 quid on these shoes, so I'm wearing them. So that's some <laughs> cost fallacy because I've spent money on them. It's kind of like what you tell yourself every time you wear them. I'm just breaking them in. Yeah. I'm just breaking them in. How long are you breaking those One shoes? One day in for? they are not going to hurt. But then it's like I've got a pair of running shoes that I really like and they give me blisters every time I run, but they're so nice. I'm like, I will expect to get blisters yeah. <laughs> off this run. I'll just pop a compete on. Yeah, same <laughs> same relationship though. How many times are you going to go, oh, we're just breaking it in? Yeah. Same in a career-driven sense. I did it with the police. So I'd gone to, I'd done A levels on psychology, went to uni, did psychology and criminology. I then went on. I committed three years to working for the police voluntary. I then did another course called the CKP, which is like a grand and a half. Mm. So done all these things in the build-up to a career in the police. I was in full time two years uh, as a PSO, and then said i don't want to do it mm. 
And that was hard because I, I'd spent a lot of money, spent a lot of time and a lot of energy and also didn't want to disappoint other people to then almost go backwards or what would feel like a backward step to a lot of people because financially I lost a lot of money. But then I was doing some of that I knew if I committed a lot of time and energy to would benefit me both financially, financially and emotionally in the future. And that's why I had to just like look at things and be like, okay, it doesn't matter of all this stuff because that's gone, that's in the past now, which you can't think about. I've sunk time, money, costs, whatever, but I need to make a logical decision based on the future. Joe, you know, it's also very interesting that I have never up until this podcast thought of my whole swimming career is bit, I spent 10 years of my life gearing up to want to go to the Olympics and I had to make that decision to eventually quit because I wasn't getting what I needed to get out of it anymore and I essentially knew that I wasn't good enough to do it. And I spent 10 years of my, of my life from such a young age to wanting to go to the Olympics and be this swimmer. And then it just, it was so hard to leave because it's all I knew. I solely identified you are a swimmer. That's all you know. You don't do this. You don't eat that. You don't drink alcohol. And then it was very a 360. But then again, when I look back now, I'm like, I learned so much. I was so independent. I traveled. I was an amazing swimmer. And it's all these cool things that I get to think about now. But at the time, it was completely that mm. sunken cost fallacy. Is it sunken or sunk? Sunk, sunk. cost fallacy. Where there was, I was like, I can't, I literally cannot quit because there's people depending on me. What are the people going to think? They're going to talk about me. But actually, it was the best decision I ever made. I think that's a good point that you brought up is that a lot of people find it even more difficult to cut that off of their, ident their identity as well. Yeah. And for a lot of people, their relationship is their identity or their career is that their identity. Or to take it back to social media, there can be people who have got Instagram pages and the pages are dead but they won't cut it off and start again because it's their identity. They put too much time and energy into it. Like we look at the surge of TikTok and we've even had this discussion before. Mm. Instagram's to a large degree is dead in compared to what it it's used dying. to be. <laughs> and people are like growing well quicker on TikTok, but people won't put shift their, and we even find it difficult, won't shift their time and energy into a platform that's going to give them more because they've already committed so much time and energy into Instagram as a platform and growing an audience that, they just can't see anyway because it's that sunk cost fallacy again and it can apply i think to so many other areas of life and i think if you truly look at your life and aspects of it there's probably some kind of element in there we've got some cost that you could probably cut away from without any real repercussions but you're probably holding on to something just purely for the fact that you've invested a lot into it yeah i think as well on that point you have to be quite open-minded like for months, you and Cal have been saying to me, use TikTok. I'm like, nah, I fucking hate it. But now, it, so it might have taken me a little bit longer to realize that. And that's fine. That's just, it's just taken me longer. And that's okay. I've mm -hmm. kind of understood that. And now it has sunk in. <laughs> sunk in, sunk in, girls. Now it has sunk in. I'm more committed to that. And I'm very driven and I'm enjoying it. So I think just a point to people, like even though it can take a bit longer, just be really open-minded about other suggestions and what people are saying to you, even though it can make you feel super uncomfortable and you don't agree with it at the time, even though you know it's right. It can be such a hard thing to hear if someone yeah. else points out and that's why it's got to be, it's got, it's got to come within. It's got, you've got to feel it. You've got to know it. You've got to reflect on it. It's not just going to come straight away. It's difficult. There was a, an origami crane study that was done as well mm -hmm. um 
you know, origami, like the yeah, paper. where they create the beds. Yeah, but it's called a crane, origami crane. Oh, so it's called like the thing with the nails. Yeah, they did a study on it, asking people about. Um, I think it was whether they would swap. So someone had made one at home, like say if you made an origami thing at home for one that was professionally made by someone who had spent a lot of time doing it. Which and people pay, I think, quite a lot of money for the ones that've been professionally done, apparently. And the people who had made them themselves, even if it looked like a bag of shit at home, wouldn't swap it for the professional one, even if it was worth a lot more money because they'd already invested so much of their time in making this structural piece of shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> some of them are incredible. But they've invested a lot of time into it, so they wouldn't swap it or they wouldn't they wouldn't change them because they've already sunk a lot of energy and time into it, even though the other one is way better. Mm. So it's exactly the same because you've sunk a lot of time and energy into something. It doesn't matter if it's shit. People can't see that something else could beautiful be beautiful crane something else could be better yeah it's a great analogy of the beautifully painted crane Indeed. and the little mashed up piece of paper yeah so what i'd say to that question is oh yeah back to the love it, question it, 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 <laughs> explore some cost fallacy and, and maybe just have some time to, to reflect on what we spoke about mm-hmm. my question is well it's it's not a a direct question we've been asked. It's more so actually something we've been asked on the My Coach School like community. And I kind of looked at all the questions then collated it into one question because it's all the same topic. And it's something that I dealt with yesterday so you already know what it's going to be. No, yeah, yesterday. Gym anxiety. Yeah, just generally dealing with gym anxiety because it doesn't just happen to beginners. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't. Like that is just so a true fact. It can happen to anyone. But yeah, it's more so not necessarily dealing with it, things to help overcome when people do have gym anxiety. I think this can be really confusing because even if you're an experienced gym goer, you can still experience gym anxiety. And the reason for that is that we gain a lot of comfort and confidence from being in environments that we are familiar with and in regularly. So just because you go to the gym a lot, even if you switch and go travel across country, you could still be very anxious or have feelings of anxiety in a different gym because the environment and the people in there are very, very different. It doesn't matter if you're, you're a gym girl all, all the time, whatever. Um, so I just bear that in mind first that anyone and everyone gets it and don't feel like you're alone in having it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's like a spectrum and people will be on different a different spectrum with it. I think there's things that we can do to make yourself feel more comfortable and confident when you go into the gym. A few really simple, easy ones for me, and I said this loads of times, are your senses. So putting something in my ears that is going to make me feel good, something I like listening to. Um, one, it helps motivate me. And two, it stops me from like potentially listening to other things that are going around in the gym and, again, helps me keep focusing on the workout. The second one is my eyes, so what I'm looking around at. So that's why a lot of the time if I'm not in the middle of a set, clanging and banging on a titty day i am then looking at a rest timer on my phone so that's why we include the one in the micro school so after every set you can press when you're done the rest time will start it'll keep you looking like the rest timer and keep you in tune with the workout rather than looking around like a goldfish third one is on the same thing this are the programs on the school mm-hmm. following a program's great because instead of walking around like a lost puppy in the gym and this is what's good about the nine to five program. There's a lot of kits being used. Is that you will know what you're doing next, so you can always preempt what you're going to be doing. And that's where I think a lot of people get anxious because they don't know what they're doing. They've got no structure. And I think when you are lost potentially in an environment that you're not used to, 
is when you will start to get those voices in your head telling you to go home, comparing yourself to others, wondering what other people are thinking about you. So those three little steps for me have always worked wonders. If I'm, say, for example, going across country to traveling, whatever I'm doing, going to a different gym that I'm not particularly used to. It's a very fantastic answer. It's basically okay. my whole answer. That's right, I apologize. Shall I give my experience from yesterday, which is what we're... But I think that's what you're, what you're going to say is probably more relevant because you've just been to the gym across country, so... Yeah, so I... Yeah, I went to visit Fliss in London and I trained on Sunday morning and I'd just gone on my own. So I'd, I got an Uber to the gym that Fliss usually goes to. I'd got a day pass, but we realized and I was FaceTiming her, I was at the wrong gym and I was stood out there for about 15 minutes trying to put the pin in. And she was like, try and do a different day pass or try and buy a different one. We realized I'd bought the wrong pin for the wrong gym. Then went back online rebought a pin eventually did got it by email but then I, I couldn't get in so about half an hour I was stood outside so I was already really thrown off my workout and then a PT had let me in he was like oh don't worry and then I felt really flustered when I got there because I couldn't see any of the barbells or the dumbbells it was just loads of machines and this was the gym and I think that I don't go to that gym at all I don't know how they're laid out and they're all quite similar apparently so I just went straight to the treadmill I knew I had to do a run. So I did a run on the treadmill, got off. And then I was like, oh my God, where? Like just thinking to myself, where's all the kit? As in, there's only, I was like, it must just be machines. And I'd already had a workout planned on the app. Mm-hmm. I was like, God, I've got I've got front squats. Where's like the dumbbells and the barbell? I don't know what to do. So I just went over to the hanging leg raises and just started doing hanging leg raises because I was like, I don't know where to go. And then I really needed the toilet. I was like, oh my God, where are the freaking toilets? And I just, in the end, I was like, Lucy, this is just ridiculous. I went to find that PT who let me in. I was like, really sorry to bother you. Can you let me know where your toilets are? And can you just show me around your gym? Never been here before. I was like, I can lift. I just don't know where any of your kit is. After that, I was like, oh, it's downstairs. It was like round the corner to the left and downstairs. I wouldn't have ever found it unless you know. And I would have probably just called first and been like, oh, I'm going to come home because it's just, just a really shit workout. But I didn't. I asked someone, because at the end of the day, people don't fucking bite. They're mm. there to help you in a gym, whether it's a PT, a gym manager or whatever they are. I've been lifting for like five years and I still get it. Mm-hmm. So moral of the story is just if you feel like you're in a really weird headspace when you get there, go and ask someone it changed my whole my whole perspective on my day. I felt, oh, I felt the, the ground was going to swallow me up when I was walking around like a lemon. And then I did a really good workout. I did all the things you said, blaring Moana in my ears, have my music really loud, smiling at people is one of the big things that I actually put on my post yesterday because I think I've got a bit of a, ret- um, a resting bitch face in the gym. So I was making a conscious effort to smile because when you smile, you release endorphins. So I was making myself feel better. And then everyone else was smiling back. I was like, oh, this is great. I did like a 30 minute workout, but it was, it was, it was fine. But that was my experience. One of, one of the beneficial things that potentially you could do there or other people could do is then maybe when you're in that gym at first is just do a complete walk around the gym because then at least you know where everything is. Yeah. And this comes back to I was gonna, a question I was going to ask as well is about a lot of people create workouts on Instagram, which are called like gym anxiety workouts or uh, some different shy girl workouts, shy girl workouts, stuff like that. 
the thing with those is that I sometimes think, and maybe potentially sometimes it can be helpful, but I sometimes think it just encourages people to go and get a dumbbell and stand in the corner of the gym and never outgrow that fear. Because a lot of the time, the fear of the unknown is a lot worse than doing the thing itself. Mm-hmm. So that's why, again, in that program, the 9 to 5 program, we started off with some movements which are going to be more easily accessible. But the goal is to build up people's confidence through exercise that they can go in and do those other movements that potentially they're not as self-confident or they're not as confident in doing now. So although potentially those workouts can be helpful, they're sometimes a bit of a plaster over the wound, I believe, unless they are progressing to do something and get you out of the comfort zone. Because at the end of the day, you've got to challenge yourself. Yeah. If you just stay comfort zone all the time, the hardest, the best, the thing that a lot of people achieve or the biggest achievements in life generally happen on the other side of fear. Mm. So putting yourselves in those environments where you can grow, where you feel uncomfortable, where things go wrong, where you make mistakes, because then when you make those mistakes, you learn from them. Yeah, I think that's really true, actually. I, I've seen um, the most, so many people have posted those, like shy girl kind of workouts or whatever people call them, I'm not 100% sure. And obviously it depends on your personality trait as well, whether you're more of an extrovert or an introvert. Mm-hmm. And if you are more introverted, you do tend to be shyer. But why would that mean that you only have to use a dumbbell in the gym? I know there's absolutely circumstances where you really feel like, like even the week I just trained at home because I thought I was going to pop. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think you're so right there. If you did that all the time, you would never go, you wouldn't want to ever push past that ever. Like why? You just, you wouldn't. You yeah. just automatically feel, okay, I'm shy. So that's all I can do. Because some people's personalities, you are shy. You You naturally are an introvert and they might automatically think that's the only thing they can do because that's what social media says. That's really, it's probably more complex than that, but that the way you just said that mm-hmm. then in terms of you feel like you could only do that because you classify yeah. yourself as shy. The, the other big thing that just came to mind then with gym anxiety is thinking about probably a big reason for it is potentially the people who were in that gym at the time. Yeah. Yeah. One, potentially comparing yourself and looking to people who are in shape and thinking, I don't belong here. Everyone belongs in the gym, by the way doesn't matter what shapes are. And that's the one thing that in the fitness industry we're terrible at is making feel people excluded. The one thing that really fucks me off about fitness is people who think they're gatekeepers to people being allowed to be with inside fitness. And this is one of the things, it was Jim Shark posted a picture of a load of lads in a gym who weren't potentially the stereotypical Jim Shark kind of photo to put up and guys that were more relatable and more achievable potentially to look like. And there's loads of people backlashing against it to the point where they turn the comments off in the end. And those guys who made videos about it saying like, how is this inspirational? How is this motivational? What, Gymshark or a joke? And the thing that Gymshark were doing is they were creating a space where people can feel like they can be more relatable to people so that they can be inside the gym and not just see these shredded monsters mm-hmm. that probably 0.01% of people actually look like. And it, this, that's the thing that really pisses me off that there's gatekeepers or people who think that they're gatekeepers to keeping the fitness community to abs, people being shredded, people being lean, people being massive. When we need to be as a community more inclusive to make people feel, I can be like that. I can be like that guy. I could look like that guy rather than just someone who looks like they've been fucking cut out of some Zeus movie. <laughs> cut out of what? Something Zeus. What's that? Zeus the Greek god. Oh, yeah. I thought you said a Zeus smoothie, as in like some sort of 
like steroid use. Wow, what a great, that's a good name that, isn't it? What, are you going to start your own gear company? <laughs> Zeus. Zeus. Anybody want the Zeus smoothie? <laughs> Zeus, Zeus Pharmaceuticals. D-Ball Davis fucking firing shots. <laughs> Do you know what someone asked me again the other day? Are you natural? I was like, fucking, is a banana yellow? Like, sure, I, I find that question so funny now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, the, be- the best oh, one. No, is uh, I, inc- I did an Instagram video last week um about like bullshit workouts and stuff and people use bullshit from there go and have a look at it anyway if you want to see the person that it was about um but one of the the things i think is great you know when people say it would be the same if or this happened if do you know the campo made the comment like years ago on this morning and uh, oh, <laughs> <about the bike. laughs> he said if a grandma had wheels she'd be a bike <laughs> I mean, that's like one of the, best, one of the best, like, memes. mic drops in the world. Yeah. He's so funny, though, isn't he? Because yeah. it was Holly and what's his... Holly and Phil. Holly and Phil. And she said, like, she said something like, if you had the cheese, this, it'd be the, the whatever. And he was oh, just gossiping up her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is funny. To be fair, they're actually a really funny pair. Um, oh, okay. Speaking about pasta, though, or food in general. Oh, no, it's not my question. Yeah, it's fucking my it's question. Your, sorry. Pause the pasta. Carry yeah. on. Um, just on the back of that, to finish off the topic about seeing people in gyms, People who potentially see people like me, uh, angry, screwed up face in the gym, like I, that's something I'm working on at the moment is my screwed up face because by the time I'm 40, I'm just going to look like a walking testicle in the gym because my face is going to be dropping. Um, you only do that mid-set though. Yeah, but I think about how many times I'm doing that for a set, for a workout, for a week, for a month. What do you think your face is going to... Uh-huh. No, the one thing that I've said to you, you need to come get your eyes tested. Ben's looking at his fucking notes like... Yeah, probably need to get my eyes tested. Said you need to get your eyes tested. I need to have a more plain. Do you know when they hundred meters um, sprinters run? Those are. I don't think that's the thing. They face. do. Carl, what the hundred meters runners look like? No, no. <laughs> I'm not sure they look like that. They, they don't do. look like that. Do super, they, super strange. Super, super relaxed. And when you when you're in slow mo, Carl, pull a clip up. I'm gonna make you pull a clip up. When they're slow mo, the opposite, the face goes like this. Yeah, but they're running against speed. Yes, I'm banging reps, clanging and banging. I better. Next time you see me in the gym, I'll be like this. No, I think the best approach is smiling. Not smiling while, not while you're while, training. Who's doing that? I just be do. happy about being a Bulgarian split squat. You're just fucking happy about it. That's no. a psychopath. No, no, no. Anyone who smiles <laughs> doing Bulgarian split squats is a psychopath. No, it's not whilst you're training. Whilst you're training, have a straight face. Once you've finished, well, this is what I try and practice so I don't look like I do have a resting bitch face in the gym. Maybe because all the years I'm like, nobody approached me. I really smile now at everyone. Yeah. And it really makes me feel great. I'm not, don't mean obviously smile whilst you're thrusting. You'd look really, oh, don't do that. Yeah. Lucy's going to be that person in the gym soon who's just walking around trying to make everyone smile. If you hear something behind you next time you're doing that like, pull down, it'll be <laughs> going, why is so serious? Joker. <laughs> I do have a, I have a, I have a big mouth though, which is why my smile goes from like. Here, Don't here, we know it? Don't we here. know it? I actually have jaw problems because my mouth is like so large. Yeah. Anyway, your question. Cool. So, um, <laughs> the, just, oh, the next question that. I had was, why is there so many people recently talking about health risks of diet soda, and what are your views on diet drinks? I am probably the worst person to ask. Not this really. Question. What have you drunk this morning? Is that class as a diet soda? It's a carbonated beverage, isn't it? <laughs> With no sugar in. Yeah. Okay. That. I, so I was sorry. I was thinking more of like Coca Cola and things like that. I mean, there's app. There's not enough research into this, or there's like a research paper or numerous ones 
that say the same thing where you literally have to have like, I don't know, what is it, like 50 cans? I think it's 20, maybe 25 monsters, obviously minus the, the, the energy, or like 48 or 50 diet small Cokes for you to even reach the recommended daily allowance of a Spartamine. Yeah. The only fizzy, carb, so carbonated drink that I really have. And Carl's got the potential numbers off. Yeah, you'd have to drink 18 cans of Diet Coke to approach uh, some kind of harmful level. 18. I think that's the recommended intake of a spot. I mean, there is not even the danger, danger zone. A 150 pound person would have to drink more than 18 cans a day to exceed the... Yeah, and I'm 200 pounds. And I'm 143. Yeah, there's not many people who put that much diet soda away. Apparently Trump does that every day. Yeah, and I saw Trump's... Yeah, some Cokes. That's all he drinks. He doesn't drink water. It's literally yeah. just Diet Coke. Are you sure it's not full fat Coke he drinks? Full no, sugar it's Diet, it's diet Coke. Diet, yeah. And yeah. like the same Mackey's meal every single day. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Ew, have a bit of variety, mate. Anyway, with the carbonated drinks. Yeah, so I have Noco cans. No cans. Can. One. Yeah, single floral. A day. And I have... I've never... The research is really weird because I don't get where... Because there's a big group of people who are very against it. And I'm... Uh, I'd say there's a small group of people. A small group with it. loud voices. Yeah, echo chamber. And I... Because I only really have Noco. Like, I personally don't actually drink Diet Coke, Diet Pepsi or anything like that. I just... I find it really hard to swallow, like, the fizz of Diet Coke. I don't know what it is. I kind of feel like it's going to come out my nose or into my brain or something. Yeah, because you've got a quite high gag reflex. That's why you're sick all the time. Yeah, I've got a high gag reflex. There you go. Lovely. Hope you're not eating. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. That was, that was too much. <laughs> Don't do that, Ben, because people actually unsubscribe. <laughs> I would unsubscribe. If someone did that on a podcast I was listening to, I'm like, gone. See you later. Unsubscribe. No, so I actually can't give too much evidence against it, except like, what? Yeah, who's going to sit there and have 18, 18 cans? That is absolutely absurd. I think whenever you're asking questions like this, just try and be logical. So... One thing that we're looking at, if you're one of the people who drinks a lot of fizzy drinks anyway, and you switch from having a few normal Cokes compared to Diet Cokes, you're going to save a couple of hundred calories per day over a week, potentially a couple of thousand calories per week. And then when we're looking at weight loss, there's multiple papers to show that a switch to diet drinks helps with weight loss, like absolute facts. Okay, so let's get that on the way straight away. Mm-hmm. Diet drinks will aid weight loss. Well, yeah, because you're not having the sugar. Exactly. So that's one of the things we can make straight away. There's, there's stupid claims such as it causes cancer, it causes obesity. How the fuck can it cause obesity? There's, it can cause diabetes. Like, these are just ridiculous things. But I think the, the reason why those stupid claims of obesity come around is... Because people draw correlations, or there's been a correlation drawn in a study of, well, a lot of the people who drink diet drinks are obese. The thing that they've got wrong there is the which way around causation comes, because people don't drink diet drinks and become obese. People who are obese drink diet drinks because they're trying to lose weight. Facts. Facts. Just spitting bars. And then the other thing with these stupid cancer shelts is there was actually um, a piece of research done in Italy on diet drinks that was trying to prove that they were they were harmful. And what they were doing was was basically, a, a study will like have a body of work and methodology and then they will get results and conclusions. What they did was took conclusions and results that they wanted to prove and then follow the process to try and get there. And 
they yeah, come so up, complete they bias. come up with this bullshit study. Yeah, there's a, a massive demand bias there. And then basically when they were asked for the research, they said they couldn't they couldn't give all the information over. And also that study's never ever been duplicated because it's believed that it's completely manufactured. So that's a load of bullshit. It's like it's like it was one of those studies where it's kind of like ghost stories. You never see ghosts. You just people hear whispers. Same with Diet Coke. It's like ghosts. You never, they're never fucking seen, are they? You just hear some bullshit thing on TV of whatever. So just, that's what I'd compare it to. The the only bad thing potentially about diet drinks is they're carbonated, so there may be some impact on your teeth. But it's better than drinking sugary drinks anyway. So, and if you if you're healthy and you're not an absolute peasant and you brush your teeth and floss all the time, it's going to be fine anyway. So I think enjoy as well diet drinks on that point the the way people compare it to like drinking a diet drink will give you cancer cancer isn't something to talk about lightly and and when people kind of make up studies to like it gives you cancer that is just fucking awful Mm -hmm. like like stop it that is so horrible of like family members who actually have i just i think that's so wrong because how can you bring out a fake study and say it claims to cause something that's actually really really awful and detrimental because people like to be controversial that's how people get famous isn't it like oh, you seen leave. that i don't know if any of you two have seen that guy on tiktok the ball guy who's really super polarized and that's getting millions of views at the moment by being very yeah, andrew something yeah, yeah. It, it's like toxic masculinity yeah he just who is oh he? my god you I, I wouldn't have come across him. hate him would i yeah he's he's just doing that that same same old thing and the guy like it's similar people like people like v shred you know people who there's like a marketing team behind them and what they must do is go what absolute bullshit can we make up that is going to get people triggered that will get us loads of views and then we'll sell product off the back of it yeah so one of his talking points loose just to give you a flavor of what this guy's like he says that um women uh, who have social media in a relationship are cheating on their husband because they that women desire attention in relationships but men who go out and sleep oh with other no. women are not cheating because if you go out and sleep with a woman who's not your partner as a man it's just sex so it's like a sport for you so it's not cheating it's just you getting something which is has no emotion attached to it so men can go out and cheat and that's not cheating but women can't have social media uh, what he does he just says the most bullshit things that he doesn't believe in so that people go, that's crazy. Clip it, it gets 5 million views yeah. and he gets a load of money. It's so spews, toxic. Spews he must reviews. be the only person who who thinks that. No, that is absolutely that. There's no way he thinks that. No, he doesn't. Ridiculous. He knows there's loads of like real old school guys, especially Americans who are like, yeah, like who will just follow the bullshit. Like, I listened to one this morning. Well, they're not going to be in a happy And he was just getting asked some question about veganism. And he was like, I had a vegan girlfriend once. It, it, lasted, it lasted two weeks. I don't mean the relationship. I said to her, you either lose vegan or you lose me. And obviously no woman wants to lose me. So two weeks later, she was cooking me steak. That like, is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh, That's God. He's got, a, he's got an absolute chip on his shoulder and he thinks the sun shines out of his arse. But I don't know how we got on that topic, but arsehole. Oh, again, I feel like I, I thought Liver King was like this as well. I thought there's some company, a marketing company, who have set up this marketing employ and thought, what kind of clickbaity bullshit can we think of create this character and then market a product off and that's what i thought was going on and then i saw him on that impulsive podcast and i thought some of the stuff that he actually talks about is pretty on the money 
But I still, I still can't make my mind up properly with him because I've still got this thing in the back of my head that people like to create these polarizing characters on social media to then sell off the back of them. But what's he selling? Liver. He's got a supplement company, which sells basic stuff that you can't get from certain foods, like liver tablets, and he's got a, something called the Beast Protein Shake now as well. Um, so yeah, he's got big product product lines. Like he's making a fucking lot of money off it as well. To be fair. Well, at least he's not just being like, buy some liver. He's 45, did you know, as well? Do you know that Carl is 45? 45? 45, I think he was great 45. He looks good 45. for 45. Yeah, he's got very fresh skin. He's Maybe it's the liver. He's not the other stuff that he takes, is he? Yeah. yeah uh, on, he, he, he was saying, that, he was saying that he's natural on that, that podcast, which is like, again, bullshit. What but... do you think the odds of him being natural are? I don't have a very good steroid dar, do I? I can never, I just, I don't have a clue. I think it's because I'm not very interested in the whole topic. This guy is. I I've, I let's pop let's pop him up on the screen as well, Carl. Okay. But he has got that thing where he that just looks very very. He's forty five years old. Yeah. What's he holding there, Carl? That's, that's a cow's liver. It's massive. Yeah, it's very long. Isn't yeah. it? I've never seen something. Cows are pretty massive as well. Yeah. yeah, I just there's something going on there that isn't. I think it's trying to blend to be honest. <laughs> that, but just, uh, again, he's not going to admit taking steroids because he will attribute a lot of the success to the supplement company that he's now running. So he's not going to say anything. We spoke about this topic before with Matt Does Fitness when we were talking about contracts and other people who are selling and endorsing different stuff. They're not going to say it's, it's a steroid because it then retracts the value from whatever they're selling. Yeah. Um, Guys, I thought it might be fun actually just very quickly if you just evaluate, give your honest thoughts on Donald Trump's diet. Would you mind just doing that for yeah. us? What's it So Donald Trump, bear in mind, he's 75 years old. Uh, and is classed as morbidly obese on the scale of things. Mm-hmm. So his, just as a general diet for a random 75-year-old person, just imagine, don't imagine it's Trump. So uh, a McDonald's double sausage and egg McMuffin with a coffee. That's his breakfast. Mm-hmm. Then, do, do you know what? Sorry, is, are you going to go through it all and then we're going to buy it? Yeah, I'll just give you a quick, okay, quick review. Then lunch, he always has a meatloaf sandwich. So he eats the same thing day in, day out. So it's a meatloaf sandwich uh, with no veggies, just a meatloaf sandwich. And then dinner, he has two Big Macs, a filet of fish, a chocolate milkshake, and fries comes to two and a half thousand calories just for his dinner. Uh, just for his dinner? Just for his dinner, yeah. And then he tends to finish it off with ice cream before bed. Thoughts? We have a lot of sugar. We have a lot of starchy carbs. We have no fruit and veg. It's the first thing. He's obviously overeating. Do you know what my first thought was? Like, the, the breakfast, I can get on board with because there's a bit of protein, a bit of carbs, good, and there's um, fat in there. It's probably quite a balanced meal. A lot of people think that things that you buy from mcdonald's are bullshit but if he's having that and he's fulfilled from it i've got no issue with you having that as a breakfast it's all the stuff that then comes after it in terms of how much of it you're having like why are you going going to mackey twice per day why are you having one, like two meals twice one it's i mean i know he's got a lot of money but it's fucking still spend a lot of mackey's twice twice a day it's like 2p for a burger that's not sorry and also he drinks 12 cans of diet coke a day yeah. and no water whatsoever i don't know how your insides could even take that fizz it's a very, very, very poor diet. He ha- he doesn't eat veg or fruit. Where's yeah. your nutrients? Where's your greens? It's, it's it's not even that. Like if he had that in, inside the structure of a of a calorie intake, he wouldn't be obese. So he could eat all those foods that he's eating. But if they were all inside, let's say two thousand five hundred calories, that is maintenance calories, he would just maintain weight. Or if he was eating those at 2,200 calories, he'd be in a deficit and lose weight. So Donald Trump could eat all those foods that he likes having. If they were by, if they were within a controlled calorie set, he would lose weight. 
You won't feel great off it though. No, no, I'm not saying that. And, and obviously there's more to nutrition than just losing weight. And there's also how you feel, the satiation, there's energy levels, there's recovery. But calories are king at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. when we're just talking about his weight and he's looking to get weight down, he could eat the same diet, but just reduce the intake of calories or reduce the portion sizes quite easily. Yeah, 100%. I think he's a bit of like broccoli in there or something. Yeah. As well. <laughs> Take out one of each of your Mackies and I did, then add some I broccoli. Did, I've, uh, I think I've got a YouTube video when I did Donald Trump, <laughs> Trump's diet. You have, yeah. I think it's also um, Boris had like a whole birthday cake. <laughs> yeah, Boris. Is ju- I did Boris's diet as well. <laughs> his and it was like a whole tree no it's not just a piece of birthday bake. cake it's, it's like a fucking bake. house brick it was massive <laughs> yeah so weird and he had like i can't remember how many cups of teas with sugar in it was per day as well yeah it's just some sh- weird yeah you know, it's like <laughs> Lack it's of like education. a child it was like a, looking at a child's diet boris johnson's mm-hmm. but then when you look at the person who he is he's like no wonder mm. yeah 100 percent my actually next question is to do quite heavily what we just spoke about kind of not necessarily because it's more so about us but, and there's a lot to say here. Did you have a, another question or was this the question? The last question? I just, I've also got a topic, but I'm quite happy to talk about. Yeah, this is this is actually a broad topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's loads of people who already be aware of this when they listen to the podcast. But I specifically, more so than Ben, had the, que- <laughs> had the question probably so many times when we we're in America how did you eat so much when you were away? And just, I'm going to give three comments. Mm-hmm. You two have put some bait away this holiday. Odd choice of food for someone so healthy. It really doesn't look like you took a bite of that burger, real or fake. This was on a photo. It wasn't a photo of me in a burger. And I just had numerous messages throughout the week being like, well, like, well done for eating your fucking like burger. I'm thinking... You're, you're really uneducated like me in a burger like it's like i should write a book that i ate a burger it's really weird and i think it's the uneducation behind the topic in terms of did you just fart that's so really threw me off again oh, ben. the question is it's when the, creaky <laughs> the question is how did you both eat so much when <clears throat> you were away okay couple of points is when you're looking at on social media what people eat You've got to remember that it's not what they eat all the time. Mm-hmm. They're probably not showing you a lot of boring shit that they eat. They're showing you like fancy shit when they're going out eating stuff, eating cookies. And this is the thing that pisses me off sometimes when you look at people's pages of people who are on um, journeys of getting over there, eating the swords and stuff. And they're like, you can eat the whatever, you can eat a pound of carrot cake in the morning and still be fine. Some of them even pushing to the point where it's all is. You're not seeing all of the stuff that they're eating in a day to maintain shape and weight or whatever and again when we're on holiday that's like a highlight reel we don't eat like that all the time for the rest of the year we're eating a pretty balanced structured diet when i'm on holiday i don't really give a shit mm-hmm. like i'm going out and having whatever food i want to have and i'm gonna have a couple of bevies whilst i'm doing it as well because at the same time i when i go away on holiday i'm still training i train every day pretty much on holiday because i enjoy doing it i'm hitting t- 20k steps a day my energy output's pretty high so that's one thing to remember. Two, me and you both went away on holiday. Well, I did after dieting at a very lean set point. So I put half a stone on holiday, but it probably doesn't look like I put that much weight on because I was already at a lean set point. The other thing is, I wasn't eating shit tons in the day every day. I'd sometimes I'd get up, we'd do a run. 
I'd have a coffee and a croissant or a bagel or whatever. I'd have something in the park and then I'd have a bigger meal at night. Mm. So like, there's, there's sometimes you can look at something and get two plus two equals 46 and you're only looking at one 10 second story and not really getting a full picture. The other time that like, you're on holiday, enjoy yourself. It's a short space of time. Even if you do put weight on, you're going to come back and it might take you a week or two to get back to the set point that you're at. So going away and enjoy yourself rather than limiting yourself and restricting yourself and really fr- throwing yourself in a position where you're feeling guilty about stuff. I think it's a good thing that people pretend to see me, me and you eating stuff and doing stuff like that because it makes people pretend to feel more relaxed about when they go on holiday as well. Yeah, I think so too. And just one of the... I had a few a few points to make. And I think for an outright point is commenting on what people eat or their comment on their bodies when they're on holidays, just leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Like generally, like why would you even comment on so you want like generally you are on holiday and it was the best holiday of our lives and the food in America was extortionate. There was so much to try and it was our engagement. So we probably had a drink most days. I, did, I think I did every day. Paul every my day. In bed. And the reason the comments are problematic and the only reason that I shared them is I'm not offended by the comments, which I think a few people thought I was really hurt. Like I actually don't care. Mm-hmm. It was more so to highlight how uneducated people are about food, fitness and nutrition. I mean, I love my training. I love my running. I love performing well and I prefer eating nutritious food because the way it makes me feel as in nutritious food sits better in my body i feel better for my runs etc but the way that it was being portrayed in terms of people were saying it's cringy watching you eat this because you're so healthy you're setting a really bad example and this is what gives people eating disorders i'm like this is this is the problem it's the absolute opposite you are the problem making that comment and you probably have disorderly eating if you are making those sorts of comments you gotta think about where that comment's coming from as well Mm. though because that person's been miseducated yeah 100 percent. and i know for a fact i was brought up as a swimmer any bad food you cannot eat lucy so for so many years of my life i restricted all and um, not restrict i com- cut out completely cut out any food that was classed as bad and so burgers chips chocolate sweets everything so i know what that was like and how detrimental it was for a sustainable diet and how i felt about myself and i've never been in a better place with food so the fact that i can go out create a super balance 80 20 i would say more so diet and how i feel but then also the point to make prior to this holiday i hadn't done any sort of cut mm. i've been eating like 2000 to 3000 calories a day so it wasn't it wasn't even this you probably different. eating a similar calorie intake i was probably in a similar calorie intake and i was training less so i just think it's a really important point to make and as you said before maybe us eating that and posting about it as we were would actually help some people to kind of help their balance in their yeah, own yeah. head. At the same time, though, like I, I don't think you need to believe just because I'm on holiday, I need to go into fuck it mode. No, I, I know some people go to the airport straight away and the first instinct is I'm going to have a pint in the full English. I mean, we had a breakfast when we went to the airport, but you don't have to cross the airline and be like, now it's time to fuck it mode. Because yeah. I think if you've been over-restrictive, it's going to cause you to over-consume. Not every day when we were in America that I just eat like a bowl, like bag of shit. 
went by the time I got back, I couldn't wait to see a fucking broccoli stalk. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I was sick of eating <laughs> shit by the time, but you do factory. get sick of it eventually. Cheesecake Factory, <sighs> Jesus Christ. I was so ill. <laughs> what was that burrito? 1,800 calories? No, it was, it was like, that was the biggest on the menu, 2,100. 2,100 calories for a burrito. So, a lot of that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and that's where it, it becomes a point as well. You just like, sit here like this. If you're away for two weeks, make some decisions that are potentially going to be- benefit you and your relationship with food. You don't always have to, because you're on holiday, have to eat shit or feel mm. guilt tripped into eating shit because a lot of time, food will dictate the way that you feel. Mm-hmm. So if a certain food makes you feel a certain way, don't feel social pressure to eat something just because other people are doing it. Uh, similarly with drinks as well, because drinks liquid calories add up so this was actually posted on again super reliable source daily mail this week but i don't think you can make too much about this i've seen it on a couple of things as well um it's about the amount of calories certain drinks have and they compared to them how many Krispy Kreme donuts it would be similar to so what was the drink that you had quite a lot in america Oh my god, a margarita. Okay, yeah. A mango margarita. That's not, that's not terrible. Wow. But like if for example some days on holiday I'd have a Bud Light or a Corona Light. Where Bud Bud Light is like 150, 100 calories, depending on if it's a pint or a bottle or whatever. Um do you know what the most caloric drink is? Or one of the most caloric drinks is? Out of all drinks. It's a cocktail, so. A pina colada. Nailed it. Was it? Yeah. Oh what my were you god, guess, someone Carl? give me a clap. <laughs> Well, I used to work in a bar. I was going to say Long Island iced tea just for the amount of booze it goes in. That is on there as well. Pina colada because it's got like cream in. Yeah. So um, guess how many donuts it was the same as. Three. Four. How big are the donuts? What are we talking Krispy here? Krispy Kreme. <sighs> what? Just like a glazed, glazed Krispy Kreme? Yeah. Four. Three and a half. I said three first and then six, said four. Six hundred and fifty-six calories in a pina colada. No wonder people get full of those. Yeah, it's like a fucking meal. Yeah, it's like a milky e- Even if you have a drink, by the way, which is 656 calories, your body realizes that as energy, so it can get pretty full after a drink. Well, it's like also, I, I think on a couple of the evenings, because I love my red wine, I'm going through like three glasses of red wine, which is basically like a bottle. Yeah, you can. But if you went through three pina coladas, you'd feel, you'd feel it in your stomach. You, you break I mean? the seal really But soon, again, like if, you're on, if you go on holiday and you go out for a drink, don't feel like you can't have a drink because it's high calorie. Like if you have one or two cocktails, fucking knock yourself out. What I'm yeah. saying is though, if you're out every single night and having high caloric meals and on top of it you're having three or four pina coladas, then you're potentially going to make you feel a bit shitty or a bit groggy. Also, really good point. So you know how my burger won? got so many comments people weren't commenting when i was going out and having steak mash yeah. and asparagus from cinderella's castle by the way that was a chicken club sandwich that you were eating on that <laughs> it was a chicken club sandwich with fries yeah. so weird literally like potato and chicken but isn't that weird so people weren't commenting when we were going to like the boathouse and mm. having what is it like um i had a red red groin fish mm-hmm and zucchini like people weren't commenting on that because yeah. what they deem as nutritionally what they deem valid, as um another one that was quite high was a lime arita that's what's that it's similar to margarita but margarita was up there as well i mean that got 300 calories uh, but so you, can, you, can, you can get a skinny margarita which is 184 calories if anyone likes margarita try a mango margarita that was sensational oh. and then don't like you don't always have to ask with salt but with the red salt oh my mm. goodness it's different the um one of the lowest calorie drinks was a white claw what <laughs> do, you, do you know what that is white claw I don't it's know. just like beer is it i don't know what Skinny white claw bear. is my rattle 
Maybe it's like a gin. Yeah, it's like the trashiest drink in America. Is it? That's what all the white trash people drink. But yeah. It's like a, like cider. a Copperberg, basically. Is it? Similar vibe. I don't think it's cider, but it's that kind of vibe. Then Bud Lights. Like, obviously, if you're going out as well and, like, you're dieting or whatever, say, for example, if you're going out for a weekend, having a spirit with a tonic or a diet drink, like, super good way that you can stay on track and still drink. Yeah, it's just changing. So, yeah, perfect example. If you are dieting, and obviously, we, we didn't give a fuck when we were away. But if you are dieting, you're going out on the weekend, just have, like, a skinny G&T. Have yeah. something that's not as, and still enjoy yourself with all your friends and be social yeah. while you're about to say something. So this is similar again to what I'm just saying about how drinks can fill you up. Shoffa hoffa. <laughs> well, I've got to get on to that. Well, what? My shoffies. I found this new drink oh, in America. It's my favorite drink now. It's a shoffa hoffa. But the first time I heard it, I ordered one. The American went, you want a shoffy? You want a shoffy? That's the call them a shoffy. Do you want to tell people it's what a, is downstairs it's, though? It's a grapefruit beer. I've now got 70 cans of it in the, uh, what's the room called downstairs? The pantry. In the pantry downstairs. They're just sat there and I'm like, Ben, you need to We're put those somewhere. We're having a party this week and it's fucking going off. I love a shoffy. It's grapefruit beer. You haven't tried them. They're difficult to get in the UK, but you can get them on Amazon. <laughs> have one. If you've had one, comment on the YouTube channel in the description how good they are because they are. Comment shoffy. Comment shoffy. <laughs> if you've had one. Cal, do you know what Ben said to me this morning? And I'm not the person to say this to. So basically, me and Ben are having an engagement party um, this Friday. And Ben goes, right, don't worry if things get smashed or if they're spillages. <laughs> what? Cal's like, Ben. What's <laughs> like, what's gonna get smashed he was like glasses like but we've bought like plastic <laughs> plastic glasses and my vases are going to be like pushed away and ben was like no lucy things are going to get smashed they will do though things in life happen <laughs> and they're all about having a good time yeah i agree i'm with ben 100 like if you're having an engagement party and you're writing what 30 people if a glass accidentally gets smashed we don't need to go oh Should my god i think i thought you were thinking like a vase is gonna smash no but i always think it's one of those Look after stuff as well. You can pick it up, Cal. <laughs> Look after stuff as well as you can. But don't suck the fun out of shit. Yeah, Because I you're do trying agree. to bubble wrap stuff. I'm like that with my car sometimes. Like You're very... Like, yeah, I'm yeah. But I will I will keep that for the rest of my life, that car. And I know I will. So I, I, I really value having it. I'm, yeah. I'm really grateful that I have the car. But I, I Even I'm like that with your car, Sometimes like OCD and stuff with it. Whereas like I'll still rag the arse end off it. Scuffed all the... the alloys to shit like little stuff's gonna happen with things and don't kill the joy of life because you're trying to be too protective of stuff basically i do agree but one of the things we're gonna say about the drinks is and how it can fill you up we did drinking around epcot when we were in america oh Remember? we had some really interesting so Carl, can you just google how many countries there are at epcot 11 is there, really yeah oh, can i look at you there you would but um, we did drink drinking around Epcot. So this is essentially, if you haven't been to Epcot and Disney, there's um, a big this big lake and round it as is this country. It took us about four or five hours to get around in there. Mm-hmm. So there's eleven countries all the way around, and each country has is like has a. I think they have the workers in each country are from the country usually, and yeah. it's, it's very. It was cu- super like authentic. Yeah, wasn't very it? Cu- very authentic, very cultural. They have foods and drinks from each different country. So we did the Epcot bar crawl. We have a, a drink from each country. And we all I had was a coffee in the morning with a oh, almond almond croissant. By the way, I'm going off topic. Almond croissant heated up. Wow. But anyway, and that's all I had all day because I was just drinking. No wonder we were smashed. We also had actually in Germany, we had the pretzel cheese ball. I had um, and a potato cake. I had pulled pork pancakes. That's fucking great. But they were miniature. They were tiny. It doesn't count. Um, and then we were so full. But I'd booked a meal for half six. I'm like, oh, we'll just go home because we're too full and we're pissed. But in the end, we ended up sitting and having what did we have? Like a three course dinner and ate everything. Yeah, that's what I mean. 
It's a great time. Good time. We had a really great time in America, guys. Sometimes it's good though, <laughs> just to chill the fuck out because when you are on your deathbed, if if we'd walked around Epcot and gone, oh, do you know what? I'm worried I'm not going to be lean enough when I get home. You wouldn't have been worrying about how lean you were. You would have been worried about the memories that you didn't have from worrying about things that didn't really matter. And I also found one of my new favorite drinks, Rosa Regal. Ooh, Sparkling red you wine. Those bottles? No, but I will do. Rosa Regal. Stunning. Yeah. Here you go. This podcast is all about our favorite <laughs> alcoholic drinks. No, seriously, it's actually important to talk about these things and just, you know, yeah. everything in moderation. That was one of my last questions, which we're going to wrap up now anyway, but it was all to do with um, food. I had a question about my IBS and stomach issues whilst away, which, by the way, completely just disappeared when we were away which i think it was to do with stress i'd be stressed One, because i was stressing about <laughs> proposing i was really stressed. I was stressed two i just think i was internally stressed anyways and whether you believe it or not there's a lot of issues that come up with uh, added stress and digestion there's a that direct correlation um so even though like you might think oh i'm not stressed about anything you can just be stressed and it affect your body what you're even knowing Remember like when you had that surgery because you thought there was stuff going on with your stomach, but it wasn't, it was because of stress. Yeah, and it's also, I went to so many private consultants yeah. and their last resort was, we need to operate on you because we don't know what's wrong with you. We thought they thought it was bowel or endometriosis. Turns out my bowel was so inflamed and it was from anxiety. Was it directly linked your... Yeah, it's just... Uh, cortisol brain mm, and your stomach yeah. i think it's i think it's called something called the vagus nerve i think could be wrong i might look into that more because it is actually and then interesting it's literally a killer stress is a killer. like 74 percent of adults in the uk have felt so stressed at some point over the last year they felt overwhelmed and unable to cope that split being 81 percent women and 67 percent men so mm. stress also makes swollen foods more difficult because it increases the amount of air that is swallowed which increases burping gassiness and bloating so you can be so stressed out that that's happening and then it makes the emptying of your stomach delayed which can then lead to stomach uh indigestion heartburn and nausea which are all associated with ibs so i thought i potentially had ibs which seems to have disappeared but it could, could have been down to stress so you could have these stomach issues if you're sitting listening at home thinking i get bloated or this and that it could be stress and there's like different stages of it so the stage one can be like i've got butterflies in my stomach get the nervous feeling which can then go into level two which is like upset stomach and then it can go into gas and bloating then it can go into pain and discomfort so when stress activates that like fight or flight response in your central nervous system it can affect your digestive system by causing those things and causing your stomach to go into spasms increasing the stomach acid which then results in indigestion so it just shows then for me moving to a less stressful environment and then obviously tying the knot sealing the deal Sealing the deal. Lucy, Lucy Holden. Um, can have a big impact on your stress levels and then how your stomach feels. So advice would be maybe try asking yourself some questions. Look at stress relief techniques. Time management, maybe. You, you're stressing yourself out. Oh, I'm trying to squeeze too much into a day and go for a workout. Because that, that was a time when, I know for you as well and, and for me, the only time I was saying, oh, the only time my stomach doesn't hurt is when I'm having a workout yeah. because there's no stress mm-hmm. um, present at that time. So I had a really fun way to end this podcast. It's actually for the people on YouTube. Should we let people guess what you who you said I look like? Oh, uh, yeah. I'll have to take my headphones take off. Take headphones off. So I'll I, be able to listen. Yeah, look at Lucy now. If you're not on YouTube, by the way, go to YouTube now. I'm just going to look into the camera. And I knew Ben was going to say I look like this person. So if you know who it is, comment below. Yeah. It's a I'm, man. We'll get back to you. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a guy. I already, I, I, I was going to prop my camera up and say, who do you think I look like? Yeah. I'm going to ask Kyle after because Kyle will know, but don't give it away. Yeah. And if you don't know, Kyle, you should know. Do you oh. know? Yeah. Yeah, you've probably seen my story. That's a, I think that's a perfect way to wrap this week's episode up. Hope that you all enjoy it, guys. Please, as always, please, please, please don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel and also wherever you're listening, whether it be on Apple or Spotify. Don't forget, we massively, massively benefit when you guys leave a review. Also, I, we also always go through every review on the review section Apple and we podcasts. also go through the comments on the YouTube channel. We massively appreciate them all. Um, again, if you've got any questions or any episodes or any guests that you may like to potentially see, we do go through those again because Cal kindly does a lot of reach, reach out where to guess for us getting more on for the future episodes. Don't forget, we've also got a challenge, 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 the summer 2022 challenge, yep. micro school pending, which will be releasing in June. So keep your eyes out for that. Yep. And obviously our two new programs, which we did talk about. So click out or click out click out wow that's a new checkout check, check, check out click on them all the links below and thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in next week's episode bye guys bye